Jesus the name above every other name. Church, whatever you're going through right now, whatever's the highs and lows of life, how blessed we are to be in the presence of our King. Lord, would you increase your presence here this morning? Add to what has already been done. I felt an overwhelming sense that for some of us this morning is about recharge. It's about rest, it's about nourishment. It doesn't always have to be the, the shakes or the high emotions. It can be the steady, peaceful content that we find when we rest in Jesus. We thank you that in Scripture, Jesus, the stories of you pouring into people, just pouring yourself, the kingdom of God, directly through people's lives. So that we see a glimpse of you that changes our own circumstance, our own outlook on life, but also those around us. And Jesus, this morning we can only trust that you are putting things into us again. That brings about change in us and also change for those around us. Jesus, would you use us as your people to bring change? Would you continue the work in each of us? Don't stop now, Jesus. Bring it to completion. Continue to change us. Continue to mold us. We were singing church, that audacious song, that I will lift your name up. I will make you the focus of my life. When we sing it, that's, that's huge words. Do we mean it? I will pursue you, Jesus, above everything else. Holy Spirit, help us make our Father the priority. Cut away our own ambition, our own desires, our own mindset to control every single detail. Would you bring freedom to our lives? Freedom where there's joy at the unknown, where there's such um, just opportunity as we have been obedient to you. Father, shake us. Use us. Come and fill your church. For those who just want a, want a touch of Jesus this morning, nothing supernatural, but just a sense of, as a, as a symbolic act, I am sure that I just need you. Put your hands out in front of you. This idea of just, Jesus, fill me up. Use my life. You know my needs. You know the highs and the lows. You know every detail. Here I am, use me. It's an audacious prayer, be careful. God answers prayers. But Lord, answer these prayers, fill your people. Each of us today, as we worship you, Lord, we also come with petition. We think of those who aren't in church today, who are at home sick, or have busy schedules, Father, we ask right now that your presence, your supernatural ability would be with our church across the Tees Valley. That right now you'd put arms around your people. That they'd sense your presence and your closeness. They'd feel your blessing and your care. Father, we think of these empty seats in here today. And Lord, we think about the countless people who walk the streets of Teesside. 
Father, would you build your church? Would your kingdom come? Would your supernatural power overflow into every part of this area? Lord, we want to see people in this church that as we gather, that Father, we would go, that we would see our streets transform, we would see our friends ask us deep and meaningful questions, that Father, we'd see uh, light come into darkness, we would see things happen. Use us to be a blessing, Lord. Jesus, the name above every other name. If you believe it, shout amen. And all God's people prayed. Come on. Do grab a seat. Take a moment. I want to talk for a second week on, on praise and, um, and praise being uh, not just our singing to God, but a deep lifestyle of, of thankfulness if that makes sense. And uh, just as a, a really quick story, it, just, it makes me giggle each Sunday, but I'm wedged on a Sunday between Penny and between Ben. I mean, just two powerful singers. It's just a sweet spot right here. So next Sunday, just come and get a little chair down here. It's awesome. Just this idea of being thankful uh, just for the, the basic things. Last week, we started uh, the series, the three-week series into Psalms, starting with praise. So give me a show of hands if you've ever ventured anywhere into Psalms. Great. A few of us familiar with the Psalms. And we get this rhythm through Psalms of someone who's really happy, who trusts the Lord, who's thankful for him, who knows the blessings on his life. And then the opposite in the next Psalm can be, God, where have you gone? You've abandoned me. You know, I wish I was dead and not born. And like just this, you know, huge roller coaster of a real guy going through real things. I find it really refreshing. How many Psalms are there? Give me a shout if you know the answer. 50, someone say? 150. Correct. I'm impressed, guys, this morning. Wow. And uh, that's pretty awesome. 150 Psalms. And um, this morning I want to focus on Psalm 111, 111. In bingo, what's 111? Is there like a, is there a 111? All right, I didn't know, just wondering. (laughs) It's this Tuesday. Um, starting with praise. I was at a birthday party this week. Oh, yes. Uh, you ever been to a children's birthday party? Yeah. Uh, they, become, they become like a, a dreaded, like, oh, no, do we have to? Anyway, this one was different. It was a pool party. Starting young, right? A kid's pool party. Loved it. No, 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 not pool, like as in swim pool. And um, the whole place was booked out just for this group. I was like, genius. So there I went. Levi and I turned up to this party, all the parents in the water having a much better time than the kids, splashing about, backstroke, front stroke, under the water, you name it, going for it. Brilliant. And um, we kind of finished the party, Levi and I, it's late, and we think, right, we've got to go home, and there's a vending machine, and Levi's like, dad, 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 and like literally, like, you walk on the street as a parent, and you're just like, you know, ching, 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 they want everything and spend a fortune. I thought, because I'm having a bit of, you know, just him and I time, I'm going to do it. Don't tell your brothers. Okay, Dad, promise. So I said, what do you want? I wanted a Twix. So I'm like, Levi, we could share a Twix. Or how about a Kit Kat? Amen? Uh-huh. We got, uh, okay. Guys, you're a tough crowd today. <laughs> and I thought, this is what I want. So I thought I'd try and coerce Levi into going for the same thing. Wise, right? 
Levi, no, Dad, pull on my sleeve. I want the Skittles. Oh, okay, we'll go for the Skittles. Uh, so I put the pound in. Cost about that. The Skittles. Anyway, I put the pound in. Two bags came out. I'm like, so Levi's like, Dad, God knows. Literally out of nowhere. I said, say that again, son. Yeah, God looks after us. I'm like, that's amazing. And uh, as I was writing the message, uh, I just had this thought around praise. And, and how we look for the joys in the small details. The truth of God in the tiny bits of our lives. Because let's be honest, most of us live pretty, most of the time, mundane lives. We have a certain amount of tasks we have to get through. We have schedules. Already I know if I picked your brain for this coming week, you'd tell me five or six things that you need to do. Places you need to be, promises you've made, um, times you're going to be there. Am I right? Thank you. And um, it just made me think about uh, being thankful. The New Year uh, message is really around this theme of most of us start, if we're anything like me, with a big wish list of what's to come. I'm like, this is what I want to achieve. Here's what I want to, want to get to. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not getting any younger. You're feeling me? And um, I'm just, I want to get to places. So I've got a question for you this morning. And I want you to think really deep and hard on this question. Do you promise me you will? I want to promise. Promise me, Jeanette, are you in with me this morning? He, uh, she of little trust. And um, so here we go. So this is the question for you. Rick, are you ready? Um, the question is, if you had three wishes, what would they be? I'm going to ask you. I want eye contact from each of you. I know some of us are trying to do the whole Dodge Elijah game. If I look down, he won't pick on me. Just think about it. If you could rub a magic lamp, get three wishes. I mean, the first one's easy, right? I wish for a million more wishes. I've thought about this. Genius. Okay, we all thought about it? Penny, you in? Keith, you in? We in? Okay. Maria, shout out one of your... Oh, now you're thinking. If every child at Maria's school gave a life to Jesus, that's awesome. That absolutely, that's possible. Yeah. Okay. Now the rest of us are thinking, feeling guilty, aren't we? <laughs> we were thinking money, slimmer body. You know, we were we were all in. <laughs> Rick, brilliant. Hey. Okay. Right. Let's pick on this side. This is awesome. Let's have some. Let's have some some less meaningful answers over here. Steve. Brilliant. What rather than here? <laughs> On holiday. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, one more from the back. Let's go for Anth. One wish. Kelly, answer for him. See the whole street saved. Oh, these are good answers, man. Mine, honestly, mine were, were less. Ian. Come on, help me out. What was yours? I know yours will be a bit less. Me. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, mine were just around, you know, like, just, yeah, the million wishes thing. I'll stop there. Um, okay. So, New Year, we can rightly ponder, can't we? Um, the stuff we'd like, the places we'd like to be or to go, the situation or the position that we would like to be in. 
and often it become around us. Um, if it ever becomes about us, I think we've missed the point. This isn't about us. It's not about our stuff. It's not about our plans. It's not about our benefits. Um, the, 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 really, I think the, the lie of the world is, and it's true because each of us are so valued, but it's your feelings have to prioritize everybody else's. You feeling happy has to trump everyone else around you. You deserve and you should get exactly what you have and what you want. And it's, it becomes, doesn't it, so often around me, 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 at the start of this year, straight away I was thinking, right, what do I want to achieve this year? And then you start to ask yourself, why am I thinking about just me? Now, where does this come from straight away? I want to be fulfilled. I want to be happy. I, I, I. And perhaps that's just me. And I'm sorry if it is, but when we read Psalms, so often it's around this praise, this, this motion, a notion of actually, God, I want to give you, I want to give you, I want to say thank you to you. I want to say some amazing attributes about you that speak over my life. Regardless, and often in David's case, as we discovered last week in Psalm 63, was around situations of sometimes life and death. Still he managed to praise in writing, in deed, in, in his words. And I've been really inspired by that. So our year, our lives, are best placed when we start with praise. Just like King David. Why? And I've got three quick thoughts. I think there's probably more. But I think the first, and this will be on the screens, is we're commanded to. We're commanded to praise. There's a cool bit in the Bible that says if we didn't, cry out to God. If we didn't make a noise, if we didn't worship, the stones would. I love that, just that thought of like some stones growing mouths. Hey, this is, I'm not, I'm not re, you know, rewriting the Bible here again, Joe. I'm not saying it does say that. It just says they would, you know, they would cry out. I love that. Little, just little lips on some stones. <laughs> but actually, we're commanded to. We're commanded to, to praise, regardless of what you feel like. And this isn't in a, in a way that God says, hey, if you're feeling down, I still want some praise from you. But I think this is a deep, actually, God, I find, I find joy in, in the everyday. When circumstance says I shouldn't be thankful, I still am. And that's what we as God's people, we have the, the real joy and the privilege of, of being in that position. The Holy Spirit helps us. You know, sometimes people say, I, I saw some friends this week and they were sharing some stories about, um, you know, uh, bad stuff in their lives and people saying, well, how can you still trust God? And it's like, well, I still trust him because I still know, even though it's choppy waters, I still know that he is a good God. And he has all of these, he's done all this stuff and he's doing all of these things. I just think it's profound. So we're commanded to, Matthew 6, 3, 3 says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. I want to teach on that later on, um, so we'll hold that verse for later. But that's a really important one, and I'll get into it in a bit. The second is, it keeps us connected to him. When we praise, when we, when we say thank you, when we have an attitude of gratitude, it's true, isn't it, that we begin to see life a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, it keeps us connected. We are led by him. It, when we spend time with him, his agenda becomes our agenda. And that's really important. You know, I want to be totally honest with you. You know, as Steve said, you know, on a weekend, Joe and I, we'd love holiday, you know, holiday sometime rather than, you know, leading church. You guys are awesome, you know, but, you know, it's not always, it's not always fun and games, is it? People who serve in this church week in, week out could say, nah, it's not for me. I'd rather just attend. 
then we'd all be stuffed. So, and actually, it's because we care about his agenda. We realize when we spend time with Jesus, he's passionate about people. He's passionate that, about people coming to know him and finding home and encountering his presence. So you say, do you know what? I'm going to put the tea on. I'm going to serve the donuts. I'm going to smile. I'm going to get up and give announcements. I'm going to make trains at Christmas time or whatever else. Because actually, I want people to know the God that I know. His agenda becomes my agenda. So if you're here today thinking, my, 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 me, 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 I, 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 I think a lot of this simplifies when we spend time with Jesus, when we encounter his presence. And as I was praying this morning, I got that word encounter um, and just that invitation for all of us to encounter him. So often these words everyone forgets. But when we hear a good song or we we just feel in that place of Jesus, I know that your presence, I am in. That stays with us for ages in our memories and our thoughts, and it kind of guides our life. So we get a heart for, for his agenda. And then the third, so we're commanded to, it keeps us connected. Are we all tracking so far? That should help us. And the third is, it's good for us to give thanks. Uh, as I said before, this idea of an attitude of gratitude it's actually healthy for us when we say thanks. When we wake up and say, good morning God, rather than, good God, it's morning. It's true though, isn't it? This idea of just our perspective begins to change. Okay, here's what I'm thankful for. Here's what I want to give thanks for. Stop it. Here's what I want to give thanks for. And I'm just, I'm thankful for the little things. Um, it begins to change our thoughts. And the way that we live. Actually, scientifically, it's deeper than that. Our brains, the way our brains are wired, the way that our hormones pump through our body. When we give thanks and we, and we say, do you know what? I'm just going to take a few moments to recognize the things that I am happy about. Recognize that I need to praise him. Our whole uh, demeanor begins to change. It's just wonderful. Our shoulders are lifted. We have a smile on our face. And life seems a little bit better. I don't want to simplify deep issues, but actually this is the fundamental truth of being a Christ follower. So David was bang on the money. As we read in Psalm 111, which we're going to get into in just a moment, he wrote 150, which loads of you knew, uh, but actually Psalm 111 to 113, uh, just a grouped bit of um, Psalms, which are known as the, in the Hebrew, Hallelujah, hence where it comes from, this idea of praise. I want to lift your name high. I want to live for you and proclaim your goodness. So David, he understood his own weakness. Do we understand our own weaknesses? Sometimes we do. We're overshadowed by our own faults and failures. But also David knew his power. David, through Psalms, knew his own changeable heart, but he knew his constant presence. David understood and recognized his own failures, but he understood God's grace and comfort. And we've got to recognize when we read Psalm 111, which will be on the screens in just a moment, you know, David was writing this in the viewpoint of his own life, which I think is really important to understand. So David was writing from his shepherd boy history. I think most of us have heard of David and Goliath. It's the same David. Um, who looked after the sheep, uh, was headhunted by uh, the Lord of Lords, uh, to be the next king of his chosen people. And then David goes on this tumultuous journey of, of being a king. 
of being crowned, of governing people, of commanding armies, to fleeing. Last week in Psalm 63, we read what? That his own son wanted to take the throne away from his dad and try to kill him. And just, what a life. But still in caves, on thrones, on hillsides, regardless of where David was, or how he felt, or what was going on, the overarching theme of his life, which is a call to us all, if we're still tracking, was praise. So Psalm 111 starts with exactly that. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. If you were here last week, I shared briefly on that, on this idea of when the going gets tough, this idea of, of, of looking back in our lives, those, those markers where we know God's faithfulness to push us to what's to come. David goes on and says, everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. And, and just for those who are new to church, that isn't if you think God's going to get you with a light on ball, he's going to provide you a Nando's dinner. That's not what's going on. David's writing, you know, as I said before, through the lens of a king. He's talking about a nation of people. If we trust in the Lord, he will provide for us. He's talking direct needs for his people. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant, the promises he's made. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good. And all his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true. He's just writing down truth about God. When he probably wasn't feeling great, necessarily. To be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. So that's about you and I. This isn't just about words of how good God is. But he's saying, actually, we've got to do this stuff and live this life faithfully and with integrity. I did a, um, a Bible study. And any of you guys on the version stuff? I did one this week with a friend. It was on integrity. It's brilliant. You can do Bible together with your mates each day and comment on different bits. And um, he's actually like this like, multi-squillionaire banker guy. So integrity, obviously, you know, it must be a big issue. He said, he shared before, you know, there's so many corners you can cut. So we said, right, let's do this, do this study. And we were debating, what is integrity? And, and you know, I gave the very simple story because I live a very simple life. Is when I walk my dog in the morning, sometimes it's dark and nobody sees when Benji does his business. I don't have to pick it up because it's dark. But I choose to, even when no one's watching so I gave this idea, just to simplify it in my simple mind. Isn't it true though, this idea of living a right life? Yeah, we've got we to gotta lift your name high, Lord. We're, we're striving for you. But equally, God, you call us into a relationship where you want us to live right. Not dodge the corners, to be truthful, to mean what we say, um, to, to pay our taxes, to, to, to kind of try and live right in every single way. So David writes this down. And really from his own heart, a guy who wants to live right, which is the secret of having a healthy relationship with God. There's no barriers. Let's be free. Then he says, and we're coming into land with this, he has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. 
Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. How do you live this out is my question. We heard earlier that if you seek first the kingdom of God, it sounds like everything else will fall into place. Okay, so forget about the second part. The first part is seek first the kingdom of God. So, let's break that down for every person here today. Um, so seek him first. What areas of your life? Because we like to compartmentalize, don't we? We like to break things up. So perhaps for some of us, we have jobs. Okay, how do I seek first God in my job? Perhaps for some of us, we uh, have uh, families. Okay, what does that mean for my family to seek first? Perhaps some indicators could be we model praying together. We... Um, you know, we, we ask God what his thoughts are about big family decisions. I, I'm just trying to fill in the gaps. Perhaps for some of us, we um, are in a relationship. Okay, seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, I'm going to ask God to pick my hot date rather than me just go crazy, crazy. Okay, I'm seeking God on, on the bigger picture. Stop it, Joe. Or, you know, what about, um, what about for those who... Um, are anxious about the coming year, all that it might bring, the decisions we have to make. Before I make those decisions, I'm going to seek first his will for my life. Because it, the Bible says, if I do that, and not as a, as a reward because I'm seeking that, but as a byproduct, other things will be added. That's just amazing, isn't it? And actually, it comes from Scripture. And it comes from the backdrop of God asked his people to put him first. He said, put me first and watch what happens. And we know in the book of Haggai that as as people began to put God first, as we all do, they lost concentration. And for a while they were tracking. And for a while they were going for it. And God said, I want you to build somewhere for me where you can worship. Where my, my power can be displayed. Where people can marvel and can know that I am with you. So people got to work and they thought, all right, let's build. But then life got busy. And they thought, oh man, okay, I can't really give my time to like, you know, promoting the Lord. You know, I know he said it, but I think other people will carry the weight. Um, I'm going to just build my own house instead. And that's what happened for 16 years after God himself said to people, I want you to build me something. People thought, someone else will do it. Or, or he didn't really mean it, or he's a gracious God. He'll let me off. He understands I'm busy. He knows the night will five routine. He knows I don't get any sleep. You know, he knows it's crazy at the moment. You know, stuff's just around the corner. God understands. But actually, God was deadly serious. He was saying, I want you as a people to put me first. And for 16 years, the nation of God said, actually, eh-eh. And then God reminds them through a prophet. And he warns them. And he says, there you are, building your own lives doing your own little things, running your own little rat race, and you're forgetting all about me. You're building your own houses physically and materially, and you're not building mine. So the people come back into focus. And this is where the reminder comes in Matthew, which says, seek first my kingdom. Build my house. Have the same heart as me. Be on the same page as me. And let the rest of the stuff fall into, into, uh, into pattern or into what? Place. 
Seek first. Let's be honest, most of us in 2018 thought, you know what, there's moments where, yes, Lord, we're going to build what you're passionate about, but there's lots of spaces where we're going to also just pursue what we're, we're about, the me, the I, the we. But actually, the reminder is, pursue what I am passionate about. Put me first. Begin with praise. Lord, you are the priority of my life. And we were singing that earlier. It was an amazing song, and it's so easy to skim it without meaning it. But what does it mean, the full weight of that, of meaning it? I pursue you over I. And that's uncomfortable, isn't it? Because we are really important. I'm really important. You're really important. But actually, there's such blessing in the obedience. Let's think about those words for a moment. And where you're at, what your life's looking like. What does it mean to prioritize him above I? Does it mean a sacrifice somewhere? Does it mean a reminder on your phone to say, get up, or do something, or write something, or wait, or spend time? Do we need that, that bit in our life that just helps us have a block to think, okay, the distractions can cease for a moment? Is it an invitation for some of us? A joyful invitation to say, yes, absolutely, I'm going to pursue him. It makes sense. If I put God first, everything else will fall into place. And sometimes, I hold on up with sticky fingers to everything. Okay, this morning, Lord, help me let go and just trust you. I'm beginning with praise. I'm beginning by recognizing who you are. What are you thinking about this morning? The good news is, it's not about our good efforts to get us to that point. We're promised a helper to inspire us, to motivate us, to show us Jesus and the Father, to equip us to live a life where we put him first. So let's invite God's presence to fill our lives this morning. Jesus, we ask for your help today. We've all got our own wish lists, uh, lists and, and wishes of things that we'd like to do and see and places we'd like to go, the circumstances that we'd like to find ourselves in. And we thank you first and foremost that you are so just deeply wild about all of us and you care about the details. You want us to experience wonderful things. You'd love us to be in a place of just contentment, of happiness. You want the best for us. And Jesus, we recognize that this morning. But Jesus, if we're honest, we also recognize that we can become the focus. That our lives can become the priority. So Jesus, we ask for your help to keep you our priority. 
that starting with praise would be our daily get up. To give thanks for the blessings in our lives. But beyond that, for the blessings in this world. For the things that have been, for the things that are happening. But also for the promises to come. For the hope that we have in you. That Jesus, all of us today, your church, we would have that attitude of gratitude. That posture of giving thanks, of seeing you in the details. And for recognising and for declaring it. And Jesus, above all, right now, we ask that we would know your presence. That as we spend time sitting at your feet, hanging out with you, that we become a bit less like us. That our rough edges would be just worn away nicely. And that we become more like you. We thank you that you're perfect. We thank you that you are holy. That you are our best friend, our leader, our Lord, our rescuer, our shepherd. Our comfort, our guide. There just aren't enough words. We are grateful for you. Father, help us this year. Help us this year to chase you like we've never done before. To pursue you in every area of our life and trust you like we never have before. And we know that when we seek you first, the results will be profound. Schools coming to faith, churches filled. Conversations happening within families. Your light being brought into dark spaces. Holy Spirit, come right now, we ask. Increase your presence. Fill your church. Give us pictures and dreams. Would you bring peace? Would you bring comfort and joy?
I want to give a, a quick moment as we just wait and we're pondering. Some of us are just in that place of, of waiting still, just for one minute, perhaps, uh, just to um, hear in two or three very quick stories uh, things that you uh, were thinking there, the things that uh, you felt the, the law was doing in, in you. And I just want to give space for us to share those um, if you've got anything. Um, I was just really thinking of um, sometimes we can maybe sit here and, and think, oh, that's, that's nice to be able to praise and be joyful, um, but you don't know what my life's like or you don't know what type of week I've had or what month I've had or even the past few years have been like and how hard they've been. And, and you would be right, we don't, we don't know. But um, it's got this really sense of God being like he knows and he just wants to be there for you, he wants to care for you and, and um, help you and guide you through that and um, just be with you. And as speaking as someone who was brought up as a Christian, spent a few years away from church and then came back, um, in each of those seasons there was hard times. But um, for me, looking back at the time when I wasn't in church was so much harder. And even though in each one God doesn't, God doesn't say we're not going to have hard times, but he's going to be with us through them. Um, so I just really want to encourage you not to go from here if you're thinking, oh, I wish I could do that, but I don't feel like I can at the moment. Like, really come and speak to someone or prayer, because God wants to be with you through it, and we just want to help guide you in that as well. Morning, everybody. I have two or three things, really, this morning that, that God seemed to be putting on my heart first one actually before Elijah spoke was actually from Psalm 1 um, which just talks about the blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in the law he meditates day and night and just a feeling that as, as church really as individuals and as a body we, we really need to get to grip with God's word this year and the more we actually meditate and do what he says, we're going to see him do things. And we're going to see things because it says he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. But it starts with being rooted in the word of God. And kind of following on from that, as Elijah was, was talking, I just felt that God wants us to do as a church kind of great things this year. But... but there are some of us here who kind of daren't go to that next level, who daren't pray that prayer in case it doesn't work, or who daren't go for it. And I just feel God wants to say, step out of your comfort zone and just go for it this year. Really start to get to grips with prayer and to expect him to answer. And just as a third thing, a kind of personal thing, I just felt that there was somebody here maybe who's struggling with the word disappointment came to mind. Maybe somebody's been disappointment as a... I don't know, test result or something. Um, I'd really like to pray with you if, if that's you and you're feeling this sense of disappointment that God's not there, that he's let you down because he doesn't let you down. He's faithful. Elijah's gone, so I'll leave that with you.
Yeah, I just um, have two quick things that I really want to share, and it's just one is about um, finding rest. I've been really struggling, and I realized um, this past December how you know I'm looking to try to figure out how to find rest in God, and I really didn't know how to do that. Um, and this morning was just a great reminder of how, you know, I was looking, it's like, okay, how can I do this? How can I find direction? How can I do this? And when it's really not the focus, the focus shouldn't be on me, you know. I realized that you know, if my focus is on me and what I can be doing and how I can be getting better, then I'm not actually going to be getting better at all. I'm actually going to be getting worse because the focus is just all inward. Um, so I don't know if that's an encouragement for you guys to just really be focusing outward on on God um, if you're struggling with anything. Um, and then the other thing is, um, recently was reading through, uh, been reading through Mark with Keith and Nathan, um, and was reading through Mark 8 and how Jesus was feeding the 4,000. And if you have read parts of the gospel, you'll know that he feeds the 5,000 and then afterwards he feeds the 4,000. And I was reading this story and um, looking at the disciples and was questioning, okay, guys, you, you just saw him feed the 5,000 and you're having all these questions on how can he do, like, God, how are we going to do this, Jesus? Like, how are we going to feed all these people when you literally watched him a month before feed the 5,000? Um, and then I realized looking at my own life how it's so easy to forget about the things that God's done in the past. Um, looking just a year ago how I had no idea what the direction I was headed in, um, didn't know where I was going to be going, and then only after looking for that and just continuing to press into him. He showed me I was supposed to be here. Um, and then in the same way, I'm questioning, okay, God, why, where, what am I supposed to be doing here? What's the purpose you have here for this next year? Um, and really questioning that, and God's like, do you not remember that I just did this a year ago? I've got you. Don't worry. Um, and so those are just the two quick things that I really wanted to share with you guys. So thank you. And just as we do that, um, we've been talking around this, this idea of um, starting with praise, and um, we're going to take our offering. Let's do it with praise. Uh, on each of your chairs, at the back of the chairs, uh, are giving envelopes. If you're new in church, this isn't about, this isn't a shakedown, um, but for those who call this place home, guys, we need to get behind the church. Um, we spoke at the start of the year on the things we like to see, the places that we expect God to take us to. There's a gap between uh, where we are and where God's calling us to. Um, and we need people to step in and say, we're going to be obedient in our giving and, and trust and invest. Um, and so let's uh, prepare our tithes and our offerings now as the um, baskets come round. And that, Lord, you would um, use this money to change lives. That, Father, you would inspire us to, into obedience, into our giving, into generosity, to build your church, the things that you are passionate about. Lord, give us generous hands this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.